as we proceed, maybe, uh, as I said, please feel welcome to have, we have uh, an interaction with you. We have been forwarded a presentation from yourself, but it will still be flighted as I know. Uh, but uh, in terms of how we want to proceed, like we did with all candidates, is that we will have the members speaking after you've presented. The presentation would be 10 minutes, and thereafter we'll give five minutes to each member. The five minutes include the questions that the members would ask you, as well as your responses in the five minutes, so that we are able to complete within the 45 minutes. In the 10 minutes of your presentation, you will also use it as an opportunity to introduce yourself properly to members uh, in whatever way possible uh, within the 10 minutes, as well as uh, presenting to the members uh, on the item that you've chosen from what was given by the sectorial support for you to choose from. So that's, that's the proceeding uh, uh, for today. The members have already been introduced on the basis of them being present. But for record, just to say that we are seven members. We do have Honorable Kubega present. We have Honorable Faku present. We have Honorable uh, Mokala present. Honorable Dr. Ndozi, Honorable Fantam, and Honorable uh, Manil, which is me as the chair. Uh, we do have an apology from Honorable Majosi, but with the numbers we have, we have been able to proceed even before, so it won't be new. We'll proceed on those bases. If uh, Ms. Muhele is ready, we'll then give you an opportunity to do that quick introduction, which takes you straight into the presentation to the committee. Okay. Thank you, members. Um, Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be interviewed even after the fact. And thank you for your understanding of my medical condition. My name is Kansela Botlenyana Mukhele. I'm one of the outgoing members of the ICASA Council. I've been in the ICT sector since 1994. I uh, initially started as a part-time researcher I then um, joined the then IBA as a monitoring officer. I joined the CASA as a, in middle management, as manager researcher, and now as an, a member of council. My experience is very vast, but it, it is um, mainly in broadcasting. Uh, but with, with the recent developments, uh, uh, in the CASA, I've had to deal with competition issues quite a bit. So you, uh, most of the projects that I have dealt with at this point in time for the past four years have been um, of a competition nature. But I've also been able to um, marry the competition aspects with my pet, uh, if I can use the term, pet fav um, uh, issue which is to ensure that whatever regulation that happens, it is to benefit consumers. So most of the projects that I have been de dealing with 
have have benefited co- consumers. So I will, without further ado, I will move on to the presentation. Yes, we'll proceed. Okay. And as I've indicated, I'm an outgoing uh, ICASA council member. And my presentation would come from that perspective. It would be more pragmatic than having to talk to the actual academic uh, framework that is uh, outlined in the ITU. I think it's common cause that most of the issues that are in the telecommunications handbook are what uh, regulators have to deal with. I've opted to deal with question two, which is to provide an, an analysis of where South Africa is in relation to converged regulation versus single regulation. I've, um, this will then be followed by issues around dimensions of regulatory effectiveness and, and the regulatory structures and self versus core regulations. As I've indicated, I've taken a very pragmatic view um, instead of sticking to what uh, the ITU regulatory handbook would, would be talking to, I've actually highlighted most of the issues that that uh, uh, ICASA as a regulator within the framework that's provided by ITU have to grapple with. So my presentation will commence with the status quo. There are two, a few slides which I will uh, uh, fly through. Um, it, it provides the status quo in as far as the telecommunications sector is concerned, because I find that recently the, the, the focus has been on telecoms. There hasn't been much in broadcasting, and there hasn't been much done by ICASA in, um, in postal as such. Um, the idea is for this to set a tone in terms of how South Africa fared in relation to what the benchmark, the ITU Telecommunications Handbook provides us. Uh, and, and, and you'll find that this has actually driven the work that ICASA has done in the past four, week, four, four years. My, pres- my presentation will cover a sector overview and recent retail uh, tariffs. This will then be forwarded by, followed by a discussion on ICASA vis-a-vis benchmark on institutional structures. Other dimensions of regulatory effectiveness, I've sought to highlight challenges that ICASA must meet uh, uh, in terms of, 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 a, of a, how do I put it, in terms of a, an effective regulator. Because as a regulator, you don't live somewhere out there. You have to deal with everything that, is, that you're currently faced with in your environment. I will then conclude on self-regulations versus uh, core regulation. And in terms of the overview, I think it's common cause. This is something that everyone has been talking about, that the, the, the market is dominated by the mobile market, and, and it's MTN and Vodacom. And from the ICT handbook that ICASA published this year, it shows that MTN and Vodacom continue to dominate the market, with them taking 80% of the mobile subscribers, and even more when it comes to revenue. This report, for instance, shows that the mobile revenue is at 98 billion. The figures that Vodacom published 
in 2019 shows that 74.2 of, of that uh, uh, billions of those billions belong to them. The figures that MTN uh, published in March 2020 this year indicate that 8.96 actually belongs to them. In terms of the fixed market, telecom dominates the market and, and it, it occupies about 80%. Likewise, to Vodacom and MTN, it occupies 80% of the, of the market share. We found that because um, the way that competition has been dealt with in South Africa's infrastructure base, it has actually led to growth in terms of coverage. We have amongst the highest levels of uh, mobile penetration in Africa. For instance, with 2G with 99%, 3G with 98%, and 4G with 70%. And we know that uh, voice revenue is declining, and this is due to the fact that people are now moving more towards uh, data usage. In fact, we found that as, as uh, through ICASA's intervention, there's been a 90% reduction in mobile wholesale ter termination rates since 2009, to the extent that uh, in 2000, uh, earlier, uh, um, termination rates is to be 300 per minute. It is now 50 cents per minute. And we find that also data has grown more than, uh, I mean, mobile data has grown more than uh, fixed data penetration has grown. And however, we find that mobile data prices are, are very high, uh, but not as, as high as they are actually made out to be, because I just think that you need to be able to compare apples with apples. And because of the coverage that we have in South Africa, um, our prices tend to appear to be higher than our benchmark, our benchmark countries in Africa and also in the BRICS countries. In terms of recent tail develop, retail de tariff developments, I've chosen to include uh, four slides, which I will also fly through, um, just to indicate uh, how much ICASA is focused on, on consumer well-being. Uh, this analysis we do on a bi-yearly bi bi basis, which means that we publish two, two reports as a CASA, and this is in terms of uh, Section 2N of the ECA, which is about ensuring price uh, transparency. The idea is to enable uh, customers to be able to make informed choices in terms of the plans that they go to. But at the same time, because it provides for customer choice, it does stimulate competition and in the market to a certain extent without ICASA even being um, intervening from a regulatory point of view. We found that, for instance, licensees have introduced uh, various promotions, which has led to reduction of rates. Uh, the only issue with this is that, um, firstly, the, this is uh, is a, a temporary measure. It's a it's it's something that they implement in order to give themselves a competitive edge over their counterparts. So, to uh, and, and, and for for ICASA's 
regulation to be effective, it has to be structural. It has to be a CASA that determines what the termination rates should be, and by default, uh, what uh, the, the tariffs should be. But at this point in time, there has been some reprieve uh, that's been received. We've also noticed that the operators have been in talks with the Competition Commission in terms of how they are going to reduce their retail prices. However, I don't know whether it's because of the COVID-19 uh, uh, situation. These have not been filed uh, with the regulator as yet. So my presentation will focus on those that have been filed and already. But I think the, 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 the point that I'm trying to be made to make remains regardless of the amounts that I will be mentioning. For instance, um, when it comes to standard voice plans, Celsius remains the lowest um, in terms of the pricing. It's followed by Vodacom, and then the rest will follow. But like I said, because these things are, are promotions more than anything else, it's not, it's not an indication of, of anything except uh, an operator choosing to price in a certain way to get a competitive edge over their, their counterparts. The same applies to uh, out-of-bundle rates. Vodacom and MTN, I think it was in 2018, they, they, they decreased their respective prepaid out-of-bundle data, uh, data rates. As we know, the common uh, narrative is that out of battle rates are very expensive. And there were 99 rent to 49 rent, and, and, and both have, have decreased it. But Sales and Telecom found that in terms of their business model, this really doesn't count. And the fact that it's not regulated as yet, it lives up to the operator to be able to choose when to to, to include the out of budget rates. I think the point that should be gleaned from, from these slides, including this one that I'm just indicating now, is that uh, firstly, most of the price reductions that we've seen are voluntary and they are temporary because they are not legislated as yet. And secondly, um, the out-of-bundle rates are still very, very high. And thirdly, the, the, the main complaint that everyone has been uh, raising still remains in the sense that out-of-bundle rates are still very high. Now I'm going to move on to the crux of, of what the, the, it, uh, the presentation is about. Is uh, a converged regulation versus single sector regulation. In accordance to the ITU handbook, single sector regulators' uh, function is to oversee a certain uh, aspect of the telecommunications, of, of the ICT market, whether it's telecommunications, whether it's broadcasting, or whether it's postal. 
whereas in, in, in actually in, in, in contrast, a convention um, regulator deals with all three of them, which means that uh, you would find under one umbrella uh, competencies that deals with radio communications, broadcasting and media, and postal services as well. And I would move that ICASA is an apt example of a regulator that is converged. And, and this is even so obvious in terms of the legislation that, that established ICASA. If we recall, ICASA was established in terms of Section 192 of the Constitution, which is mandated ICASA to regulate uh, electronic communications, broadcasting, and postal services in the in the public interest. And the excuse me, empowering legislation in this regard speaks to the various aspects. For instance, you have the ICASA Act that talks to the structural aspects of how ICASA operates, the ECA that deals with the various sectors that ICASA has to regulate the Broadcasting Act that deals with specific aspects that were not covered in the ECA Act that are broadcasting related. The same applies to Postal Services Act and the ECA Act. And just to indicate that as a convention regulator, the responsibilities that ICASA have to deal with are actually quite vast in the sense that all these other sectors fall under ICASA. So the idea is that you have commonalities between the three sectors that uh, ICASA must deal with. But in terms of expertise, you will need to have somebody that has an expertise in broadcasting. You will need to have somebody that has an expertise in telecoms and postal services likewise. So the, the roles and responsibilities of ICASA are to develop license conditions and issue license, to manage scarce resources such as numbering and uh, spectrum, to deal with compliance, monitoring and enforcement, to deal with market uh, reviews and regulations, and more importantly, which is uh, the topic of, of uh, these days, to deal with tariffs and price regulations. But more importantly, because Regulation is broader than just a, a, a regulator telling people what to do. It's to set rules, guidelines, and codes so that uh, everyone in the, in the environment understands how the regulator works and can, can act accordingly. Now, having said that, because as an apt uh, converged regulator, this speaks to um, the ITU benchmark in terms of independence, what I've just uh, I outlined. In terms of independent reporting uh, structures, uh, we report directly to Parliament uh, through the Minister of, of, uh, of Communications. In terms of financing, we are financially independent. In terms of management, we have different roles and responsibilities. The Council of ICASA if I can use the term, is almost like a board. Uh, however, it's a regulatory board in the sense that we also um, license, we also pass regulations, 
and we also then deal with governance issues. And in our dealing with governance issues, we are assisted by various governors or um, committees. For instance, the, um, the one that deals with the remunerations, the one that deals with uh, risk and the like. Now, I'm moving on to um, regulatory effectiveness. If you look at the... Hello? I'm saying do that in the two minutes we have we've given extra two minutes to wrap up. Oh, I've only got extra two minutes. Okay, no, I wanted to say like in terms of, of, of regulatory effectiveness, all the things that I have mentioned is that um, the long and short of it, effective policies, laws, infrastructure, institutional arrangements are crucial to ensure that ICASA as a regulator is both able to regulate broadly um, to be able to deal with the market, but to ensure that uh, consumer, consumer needs are met. And what it means is that all that needs to be ensured is that pricing is fair and that there's effective competition, that uh, we're able to, con- to, to effectively uh, maintain public trust, that in terms of fake news, people are able to express themselves without us over-regulating the, the internet, but also people are aware of, 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 uh, of the environment that they're operating in. So that um, as you deal with, with, uh, with, the, with the new era of, of digital, um, digital uh, communications, people are able to actively participate and the regulator cannot be everywhere. The regulator cannot tell people what to do. And I've just highlighted some of the projects that ICASA has been able to effectively implement because of the way that we are we are we are dimensioned. The one is the cost to communicate, and the cost to communicate, I think we are all aware, is made out of four four subsections, starting with the end-user subscriber regulation, ending up with the spectrum assignment. But there are also other projects that I think have have come to play second base, which are just as important. There was an ETV license and, and amendment. There was a, a community broadcasting review. There was a subscription broadcasting review. And there's also this... Uh, approach that ICAS has taken to collaborate with other regulators. We've, regulate, we've collaborated with the Consumer Commission, if I can just uh, uh, recall, when we were dealing with the end user subscriber charter regulation. However, we ended up having to stick to the letter of the law as, as, as uh, outlined by the ECA, and we weren't able to assist the consumer commission to be able to meet section three of their of their uh, section three of, of of their legislation. However, we also have issues around the litigious sector, and and I understand that it's well within the right and it's the way in which the environment is structured. However, the litigious sector makes it very difficult for the regulator to be able to. Yes. To, to regulate. And, 
And I would dread the day that uh, normal courts are able to take over our function because our function is requires specialist skills and an understanding of what the country needs to achieve in terms of, of national goals and in terms of the uh, national policies. And I'd also like to quote the COVID-19 measures, how we've been able to deal with it. It's also an indication of how effective ICASA is. We've been able to promulgate regulations. We've been able to provide spectrum relief. We've been able to provide spectrum license relief. And we've been able to relax some of the, uh, the requirements that we needed for, for broadcasting in order to, all in the interest of ensuring that the consumer needs are met and that we are able to respond to the, to the national uh, disaster. I'm concluding. I'm, I'm, I'm concluding. And so I think the, the issue is about self-regulation versus co-regulations. And I think the most important thing in the slide is that I've spoken about having a clear vision, broad strategies, bigger aligned to national policy objectives. But regulation is a, is a continuum. It passes from self-regulation to co-regulation and to also pure regulation. I would say that co-regulation is, is, is good in the sense that it facilitates um, uh, transparency, it ensures that um, consumers and citizens are able to buy it. However, you also need pure regulation to be able to give direction, to be able to ensure that whatever regulations that you pass do not uh, deviate from what the national goals are. Um, there is a reason why you would have national goals and you would have national policy objectives. And I think um, that's, where, that's where I will end. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Honorable members, you've received the presentation, but you also had an opportunity to read the presentation. May I then invite uh, members to ask questions, as I said, in the five minutes, it's question and also giving the candidate the opportunity to respond. I will, without waste of time, start with Honorable Faku. If you have questions first. Honorable Faku, can you hear me? Honorable Faku. Hello, Chair, can you hear me? You are still trying to get back. Honorable Faku, can you hear me? That's your opportunity to ask a question. In the five minutes. Can you hear me, sir? Yes, I can, can hear you. Hear me, you. Yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you to council, the council member. One of the things that I would not want to dwell much on your presentation, um, since you have been with the, uh, in the ITC sector since 1994, one of the concerns that we have is the issue of transformation. In your tenure as a council member and during 1994 up to now, have you seen any transformation in the sector? 
But also as a ICASA council member, what are the measures that you and your board has made to make sure that there is transformation in the sector? And um, given that you've been with ICASA for some time, uh, what are the things that you think, if given an opportunity to come back again, what can you correct? Um, my last question would be with regards to the issue of the spectrum. As ICASA, you have been saying that you will uh, put out the spectrum out there up to date. There has not been any sign. I don't know because because I think you have put the 1st of November. That did not happen. If you can just take us through that. Thanks, Chair. Okay. Um, Over to you, Michal. Thank you, Chair. I don't think that um, in the past 30 odd years, uh, the level of transformation would have been as it was in 1994. (laughs) 1994 was a seminal period in terms of the history of our country. It says that for the first time, We've had black people being involved um, in the sector in a way that um, in a way that that was unforeseen, you know. And we were able to lead uh, consortiums. We were able to get licenses. We were even able, and I can talk to the broadcasting sector. We we're even able to bring transformation in the broadcasting sector itself by being able to bring uh, diversity. There was a diversity of voices. There was a diversity of, 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 um, of licenses. And it was really something that was unprecedented. However, in the past 30 years, what ICASA has worked in at is, uh, is maintaining that kind of, of transformation. I think we are about to enter a new level as we are uh, busy with the IMT licensing process, we should be able to get a new entrant. And in the process of getting a new entrant, we should actually emphasize uh, the need for transformation. We need to ensure that whoever uh, participates in the, in, the, in the new entrant, in the new IMT uh, licensing process is somebody that is able to transform the sector to the certain, to the extent that um, the green fields, which I really like referring to people like Kaya FM, YFM and the like, have been able to transform and in this time around be able to transform the telecommunications sector. So I think what ICASA has done is that in line with the regulations and in line with the legislation that we have, we've maintained that momentum. We have been able to ensure that um, we're able to, at least I can speak in terms of the broadcasting sector, are able to get diversity of voices. We are able to get diversity of content. And also in our last um, um, preoccupation, if I can use the term, um, which is competition, is to ensure that, um, you know, economics don't subsume issues of, 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 of um, consumer satisfaction, they don't subsume issues of, 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 of transformation. And in terms of, of one of the projects that I said have been sort of uh, 
overshadowed by the cost to communicate program is the, the, the licensing, the review of the community broadcasting. The way that it's been reviewed, it is in such a way that um, issues that have been plaguing the sector are being dealt with. And as we license, we're able to license people that are able to sustain and thrive in the market. And I would say that that is, has been my contribution as a chairperson of the of that committee. And, and as we are aware, uh, there was a moratorium that was placed to ensure that there's orderly licensing. And that moratorium has been, has been lifted. Um, and there has since been an extension because of the COVID uh, disaster uh, period as well. What was the other issue again? Oh, then, then, then there's the issue of spectrum. Um, I think what we we're not really aware of is what is happening behind uh, the scenes uh, in terms of spectrum. It's quite an evolved process this time around, especially in terms of the methodology that um, ICASA has opted has opted for. Um, in the sense that uh, there has to be an economic analysis that is done. And in addition to that, uh, there has to be a setting of the, of the reserve price. There has to be appointment of certain expertise in as far as, 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 uh, in as, far as, as uh, the licensing process is, is concerned. And I would move to say that um, the November date that was uh, given was to indicate um, the commencement of the process itself uh, by the publication of the information memorandum. There were plans uh, to have, by this time, to be dealing with the analysis of the responses that we, we received so that we could start with the licensing process. However, we are unable to do so because of the COVID uh, restrictions. However, what I can say is that there's quite a lot of work that's been done behind closed doors. There's economic analysis, there's uh, appointment of expertise, there's ensuring that by the time that the, it's all systems go, we're able to to start the licensing process. The licensing process this time around is going to be very involved because for the first time in the country, we would be auctioning. We're using auctioning as a licensing process instead of having a, an, a normal licensing process. The only thing is, as you've highlighted, is that one of the things that we have to use in terms of our experience as the regulators to ensure that as we proceed with this process, Transformation is not lost along the way. Thank you. Honorable Fakou, you've been answered. May I just uh, caution again with regard to time uh, that the five minutes includes questions and the answers, uh, and I know there may be temptation to elaborate uh, more. Uh, please, as I give to the next uh, member, Cons uh, uh, Honorable Fakou, you're covered on the questions you've asked, right? Both of them were answered. Do you hear me? They were answered. They were answered, yeah. Chair, but yeah, they were answered. 
But I am my yeah. reservations on the responses, but because of time, I would allow that to go forward. Thanks. May I then invite uh, Honorable Fintan, if she has got questions to ask. Thanks, Chair. Um, thank you, Ms. Pontlingana, for making yourself available. So I've got five minutes, so I'm going to need you to be quite we're going to have a conversation, so I'm going to need you to answer my questions quite quickly, so sharp and to the point. Um, in your um, presentation, you said something about the sector being very litigious, and you prefer that when they were not so litigious because you don't want the courts running ICASA. Could you just explain to me very briefly what you mean by that? There's a project that we started in 2018, Ed User Subscriber Charter. The intention was to make sure that data doesn't disappear. And uh, the intention okay, so was... That sorry, so I, I don't want to have to stop you. I don't really need the background. That comment is very broad, right? What do you mean by saying that the sector is very litigious and that you do not, you'd prefer that they were not and you don't want the courts running your processes? Sorry, we've got five minutes. I need you to be to the point. Okay. The point is uh, the sector tends to take issues to courts that they don't agree with. And the decisions that we've taken that they don't agree with and that drags on our processes and we are unable to achieve what we would have wanted in the periods that we had intended to. Okay, so you would prefer a situation where they just accepted what was put before them? What is the alternative in your mind? Uh, would you prefer that they didn't go to courts or if you publish something, they just take it and they implement it and there's no you know, questioning of your decisions? My take is because of the way that we work. There's ample time for people to give their responses and their whatever qualms that they might have. Why don't they use that process to be able to address their issues? What do you understand? Instead of waiting until uh, the final process, because the final promulgation is based on inputs that they give. What do you understand about the separation of powers? Look, uh, um, member, I, I, I do understand that it's well within their right. Uh, 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 what do you understand about the separation of powers? That there should be separate powers um, between the courts, the regulator, the legislature, and, 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 the, and so forth. So the idea of taking ICASA's decisions to court, it's well within the rights of, of operators to do so. However, my take is that uh, the processes that have been set ahead are sufficient such that people are able to raise issues that they have. I have found personally that um, issues of take, taking things to court is not so much reviewing decisions that ICASA has made, but to drag okay, so, on. Okay, so what, in a situation where, say, a court reviews your decision and it is 
different from what you had put on the table. Would you, in that situation, because you see that as the court doing your job and you don't think, you know, they should be doing this at all because you guys make the decisions. So would you, so if a t decision is taken on review and you don't agree with it, uh, what recourse should you have? Um, because, you know, in your mind, uh, the courts shouldn't be involved in your decision making. They shouldn't essentially be review because, you know, in your opinion, uh, that isn't review. <laughs> not, not necessarily. I don't know. Maybe I came across as being very brusque. I think it also assists the regulator to ensure that uh, whatever decision that we've, done, we, we've, we've taken is rational and is acceptable. The only quarrel that I have is when the court process is used to reverse decisions that um, talk to the bottom line of, of operations. Okay, so the courts should not be able so, to have... So, so if, the, if the court reviews what we've taken, we will follow suit. We will follow the process to the T and we will take on board what the court mm -hmm. has decided, which is what uh, a, a regulator is expected to do in South Africa. And the time for now. Thank you, Honorable Fandam. I will now take Honorable mm -hmm. Kubega. Honorable Kubega, can you hear me? Honorable Kubega, can you hear me? Honorable Kubega? Honorable Kubega, if uh, you can get back to the meeting, let me then take uh, Honorable Dr. Ngozi, are you there? Thank you, thank you, Chairperson. Um, uh, I'm just uh, going to shoot once and give the candidate an opportunity to uh, to respond. I've got uh, three questions. Uh, the first one relates to um, what would uh, be the role of ICASA should uh, broadcasting expand to uh, to online. Um, if, if radios and televisions were beginning predominantly uh, to use the internet as the only space of broadcast, what would be the role of ICASA in your view? The second question is um, uh, relates to the digital terrestrial uh, television migration. Uh, they, I wanted to get a sense from the candidate uh, why shouldn't the SABC, seeing the failures of DTT, be allowed to play in the pay television market? And then the final question relates to the uh, mass carry regulations. Uh, what I have views about the mass carry regulations and the ways in which they've impacted the industry, uh, but uh, also uh, what she thinks should be uh, the way forward uh, in that regard. Should there be a retrospective uh, punishment of uh, something like DSTV or multi-choice? 
uh, or we should just move on? And if so, how? Uh, thank you. Those are all my questions. Thank you, Dr. Now, the, 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 the questions that Dr. Druze have asked are actually policy questions more than regulatory questions. That um, ICASA as the regulator needs to be able to take direction from the policymaker in terms of how to approach um, the issues. The issue of online broadcasting, as it currently stands policy-wise, online broadcasting is not broadcasting. It is telecoms, and um, ICASA is not mandated to be able to deal with the content issues around such broadcasting until such time that a policy comes out and it redefines uh, the definition of broadcasting. And I think um, it's timely that that needs to happen in the sense that you, we find that there's quite a lot of uh, uh, online service providers that are somehow now impacting on traditional broadcasting. So that's what I would say. I would say ICASA does have a role. However, the role will be clearly defined in a, broad, in a new broadcasting policy where broadcasting is defined broadly to include online broadcasting. In terms of DTT migration, SIBC has a commercial arm. And the commercial arm is welcome to participate in the pay TV market should um, SABC have the funds to do so. However, we know that uh, SABC is struggling and as a corporation, um, and that's where I will leave it. Leave it. Leave it. At. Uh, in terms of of the way that the law currently stands, SABC can participate in the pay TV market should it have the necessary skills and the necessary financial muscle to be able to get the kind of content that should enable it to be able to competitively participate in this sector. In terms of the basket of regulations, I'm aware that ICASA is still working on this. I don't think, um, I don't know, you can't apply the law retrospectively. The intention was that Baskeri uh, uh, should serve universal service. However, as we have seen, it did, it did not. And I think we should await uh, the outcome of this current process in terms of how we correct uh, the situation. However, I don't think that uh, uh, DSTV should face any punitive measures. It, it's, it's unprecedented. The law doesn't allow it. I think that's the long and short of my responses. In one minute or close I covered. Yeah, that's fine, Chair. Wow, okay. Okay. That then takes me back to Honorable Kubeka. Are you back? Honorable Kubeka? Yes. Yes, Chair. Can you hear me? Chair, we can, can hear you. you. Hear me? you yes. Can hear me. Thank you yes. very much. Yes, Chair. Uh, how are you, Membu Tanyana? I've heard that I'm much better than I was last month. 
thank you for that under this COVID-19. Uh, anyway, we know that it was because of your, your, your condition on the side of not managing to come to the interview. But I'm having just only three questions to you, Mebun Tlenyana. Okay. Yes, I'm saying what are the biggest disagreements or differences in approach between ICASA and the Competition Commission on data price regulation? The second question, Chair, is that in your view, Mebun Tlenyana, what are the key pillars which must be in place in order for South Africa to exploit opportunities of the 4IR? Can you just mention it can be four, it will be fine on my side. And now the last question, Mebun Tlenyana. Uh, one of the key objectives of the policy directives of high demand spectrum is to promote to facilitate entry by new players into the market in order to deal with the duopoly structure of the market. Do you believe that the uh, information memorandum published by ICASA facilitates uh, uh, entry by new players? If no, why not? If yes, how does it do so? Thank you, Chair. Your, your questions are quite dif difficult. Um, I will attempt uh, to answer to answer the questions. I think that the, the, the main difference in approach between us and the competition commission yeah. in terms of in terms of, 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 of dealing with the data prices, is that we as the authority are directed by section 67 to follow certain procedures. And because of that, our procedures are very long and drawn out. We aren't able to implement the kind of uh, of approaches that uh, the competition commission have been able to do. And one of the things that we've decided to do was to follow the process. And the first thing that we needed to do was to define the markets that we precisely are going to be uh, intervening with. And then we highlighted uh, the, the, the mobile broadband market. And in highlighting the mobile broadband market, we found, as we did our research, intervening at the retail sector would not actually bring about um, the structural changes that we would have wanted to. And um, I think the main difference is that because of the powers that the, that, that, that the Competition Commission had, they could negotiate uh, rates, with uh, with operators, we can't do that. We have to go through the Section 67 process. We have to find out what the linkage is between the retail and the wholesale market for us to be able to determine the pricing. And we've opted to go to the long route because what we wanted to achieve was a long-term thing. 
Um, and I, I just wanted to say that if you notice, there have been quite a lot of uh, reductions in yeah. terms of the data prices from Vodacom, from MTN. However, because of the, the research that we've been um, doing, we're able to believe that such, such uh, is achievable because it's voluntary and uh, uh, operators have been doing that um, in any event. In terms of the 4IR, and, and I think that's, that's my response in terms of the differences in approaches succinctly, is that we are directed by Section 67 of the ECA and we have to follow a long drawn out process. We can't be seen to be negotiating with operators. We have to fi firstly find out issues around the wholesale and the linkages between the wholesale and the retail, and then implement pro-competitive measures at the retail prices. Not, we can't short circuit the whole process. We don't have those powers. The Competition Commission has those powers. In terms of the 4IR, and this is my, my personal uh, point of view, I think uh, the 4IR is nothing new. And I will tell you why I say so. It's because it covers things that we've always have been grappling with in the telecommunications and ICT sector. It's the issues of people, it's the, it's the issues of technology, it's the issues of knowledge. And um, in terms of, of, of how we move forward, we have to ensure that whatever is that we have in our disp disposal, we are able to carry everyone else with us. And uh, we are able to provide knowledge. And also, in terms of machines, we are able to provide applications and services that are relevant to South African sector. You know, and also, in terms of people, we should be able to have people come on board. The only opportunity that we have at this point in time is that we have younger people that are more knowledgeable, that have been to varsity, but can participate and enable us to be able to get these applications that are going to be relevant to us in terms of content and otherwise, and also are going to be able to assist people. For instance, I, will, I always talk about the load shading. If we could have an app that my grandmother can understand uh, around load shading, then we would have achieved the 4IR. In terms of the geopoly, I'm, I'm going to be quite candid and say, um, because I'm not an expert in spectrum, I haven't uh, delved into the details of the information memorandum. What I am aware of as we were debating the issues in Castle was to ensure that as we deal with uh, market entry, we are able to increase the percentage that uh, a transformed entity should be able to participate in the licensing process. So what it essentially does is that even if the duopoly, the so-called duopoly, 
is able to meet the requirements of the triple BEE. In terms of the new um, regulations, there's additional requirements around um, the fact that there should be a transformed entity participating in the process. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Kubeka. I'll now take uh, Honorable Lisiba Mulala. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Um, um, am I audible? Yes, audible, audible, uh, honorable. Can continue. Okay. Dumela me muntenya na mukhele. Ah, yesate. Liga me. Kete liga. Okay. I only have a few questions for you. Yeah, maybe just to start with a follow-up on uh, Rose's question. Eh? Uh, Canada has now developed a new model uh, of ensuring that uh, internet, for instance, is taxed uh, in their country. Uh, would you recommend that uh, at a policy level, our government should, should consider uh, uh, that type of uh, uh, Canada's model uh, in terms of uh, ensuring that uh, internet and other online services have some responsibility in terms of uh, local people that's the first question the second one uh, in your presentation uh, i have not heard you talking about the current challenges that you have except for litigation in Nikasa. could you elaborate a little bit on challenges and how you think uh, they should be resolved uh, in your own view and then the last one uh, you also spoke about the uh, development of local uh, economies. Uh, and this is a very, uh, I don't want to say subjective because some people think a development of the economy is also the same as access. Uh, if people have access to uh, the sector, automatically there's development of economies. Could you please uh, highlight areas in your service for the last five years? where you can specifically say this is how you have developed certain economies and give examples. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable uh, Mayor. Not, not having been fully aware of the, 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 the development um, that Canada has taken in terms of online regulation, and the only thing that I can say is that um, we do, I think the, the the white paper broadcasting is long overdue. It was done in 1998, and there's been quite a lot of developments that has happened. And it's not so much the issue of content that you get on internet, and that uh, self-regulation has always been able to deal with, that codes and conduct have been always been able to do it. There's also an issue of competition, of people providing broadcast-like services. And I think um, the sooner um, the policy environment uh, deals with, with, with the online uh, regulation, the better. Um, and, 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 and then um, whatever model that comes out of uh, out of our sorry I I I think I've lost the slide where 
I've I've typed to the questions that that have been asked. I'm gonna ask. I'll speak to this issue. I'll ask the honourable member to repeat themselves if if uh, not as a measure of 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 disrespect. Okay, I found it. Um, okay. I think uh, the sooner we deal with it, the better. We do need to deal with the way that we define the broadcasting at the moment so that we are able to deal with other issues that cannot be addressed purely by codes of conduct and, and the like. Uh, and I think um, that's, that's, that's um, the issue that I think. I think um, you can't be using a 1998 white paper on policy. Whereas the telecommunication side has moved along, there's been quite a lot of other policy documents that are guiding us in terms of how to, how we're supposed to be working. It causes challenges. Um, I've, I've, I've highlighted the litigious nature of the sector because of, of uh, the outcome, because that's where it is, it's visible. I think ICASA's challenges are internal uh, most of the time. We don't have resources. The length of period uh, of councillors, the four-year period, is actually quite brief. Because if you look at the way that regulatory projects are structured, you try that as a councillor, you start a project, you do all the research, but by the time time comes for you to promulgate the regulations. Your term ends and somebody else comes and starts afresh. And not having the kind of background information that you would have. The second one is, has to do with resources. I know that we've been going at nauseam about, about resources and that sometimes it, show, it, it appears like we're not spending the money that we have. And and it has precisely to deal with the cycle of regulatory projects that you'd find that in the beginning, you might have a, a spike in expenditure. In the middle, there might not be, and towards the end, you have another spike. So I would say that the challenges that Tikasa has are mostly internal, and I think we are currently dealing with those. And the other questions I've I've seemed to have lost. I don't know if the honourable member will mind repeating them. Yeah, I think it, it relates to the development of local economies. Okay. So, in terms of the development of of local economies, and you are saying that. Um, we should not take the fact that you have access as an indication that you are going to develop the local economy, isn't it? Yes. So the development of local economies has to do with the needs of the audience that you're trying to, to serve. If the product that you're selling is not selling, it doesn't matter whether or not you avail it at a cheap price. If it doesn't meet their needs, it doesn't meet their needs. 
And earlier on, I think I gave an example of load shedding. Load shedding is a pain in South Africa. And whatever application or whatever content that you develop, that's going to assist people to be able to deal with, with load shedding. Then you would, have made, you would have made headway in terms of the development of local economies. So it's not a matter of having, a, how do I put, social media type of applications for the longevity of what you have to provide. It has to be something that talks to the issues that people deal with on an everyday basis. I think that would be my response in terms of the development of local economies. Thank you. Honorable Yeah. Do I still have minutes? No. Oh. I'm, okay. I'm asking the minutes that, I'm covered, that you are covered. You've heard your time. No, I'm covered. I'm covered. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe just on my side, maybe just to follow up on the on the question raised and followed up by uh, Honorable Mulala from Dr. Ndlozi. In relation to the policy on online matters, I think the question is really what recommendations, if you've ever made, in terms of what should be the policy uh, going forward, which enables the regulator to be able to perform its task. Um, I think that's why there are examples of Canada, probably Australia now, uh, looking at, uh, at those. So I think that's the question. Have, have you ever made any recommendations in relation to what should be policy change? Second one relates to competition that you mentioned. Roaming arrangements that have been left to be commercial arrangements and the regulator not playing a role. Uh, do you think that has helped the market to change, in particular looking at how CC uh, as a new entry would have uh, benefited or not benefited from it? Those two uh, questions uh, just to follow up. Okay, so, I will I will start with the, with the recommendations. My take would be that we need to broaden and the definition of podcasting to be able to include elements. As a CASA, we haven't touched this area altogether, but um, it would be my take of, of podcasting such that we look beyond just content. I think there's this misconception that podcasting is content. Whereas broadcasting is a market it is all right. And I think and as we dealt with subscription market, subscription broadcasting, we're able to, to see that. I would take that we need to broaden the definition of broadcasting so that we don't focus on the unidirectional, bidirectional. We also take into account some of the activities that are happening online, especially in terms of the markets that are competing directly with the markets that um, um, we are we are we are dealing with. For instance, in the subscription market, at this point in time, we weren't able to 
establish that uh, uh, the likes of Netflix are impacting on multi-choice. But with time, they will. And with time, there'll be new services that are going to be free that will impact on SABC. And I just think that we need to pardon. The first thing we need to look, forget about the direction of the signal, but look at how you will be able to address issues around uh, uh, diversity, how you will be able to address issues around markets. And we need to look at the entire broadcasting value chain, moving from the content to the instruments that we use to access the, the broadcasting services. So it has to, there has to be a, a, a rethink in terms of how we, we define broadcasting. In 1998, it was easy. You only had radio, you only had analog TV. And the idea was that if you're able to interact with a signal, it's no longer broadcasting. However, um, history and developments have proved us otherwise. So that's that would be my, uh, my recommendation. In terms of, of roaming agreements, at this point in time, there are commercial agreements. However, as part of um, the broadband uh, market, we are looking into those. And based on our findings, then maybe we might make a recommendation of how to deal with uh, roaming agreements. Uh, but I just think that we shouldn't uh, pinpoint service providers because some of the problems that service providers are encountering has to do with how they chose to implement their business model. And, and, and we have to be very careful as the regulator that we don't get involved in their business affairs. However, what I've noticed from the work that my team, if I can use the term, is doing around a mobile broadband, is that we are looking into, into roaming agreements as a, as a way of, of um, how the market might be uncompetitively structured. Thank you. Thank you, uh, ma'am. Uh, I think uh, we have uh, now got to the end of uh, the interview, but I will give you this uh, opportunity to do just your closing point. Uh, I think members would have asked the questions as expected and, and would have uh, received answers from um, But once again, thank you for making up time uh, and, and interact with us. Okay, thank you. I, I just want to really appreciate and thank the committee for giving me this opportunity. Um, as you know that we can't predict life, and I'd actually given up on, on me being able to get this opportunity. And I think it's humanity that you enabled me to present myself in front of you. Um, and, and, and for me, that's, that's the greatest, regardless of the outcome of this interview. Having been given that opportunity, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the way that the interview uh, proceeded. 
I'm, I'm very glad and I'm very happy that the committee is in touch with the issues that um, the regulator is dealing with. Uh, the questions were very, very, very challenging. I must just say that ICASA um, as a regulator, our duty is to ensure that we serve consumers first and foremost. And secondly, whatever that we implement has to talk to the national policy goals. Um, I think it doesn't help that uh, as an independent regulator, and independent talks about functional independence, it talks about financial independence, it talks about predictability, but as a national regulator, we should be able to contribute. And I think uh, the way that ICASA responded to the COVID-19 is case in point in terms of how the regulator should always align itself with the national policies of the country. Thank you. Now we thank you, ma'am. Uh, all other administrative-related uh, questions would be handled through the secretariat uh, that has been in touch with you uh, in any way. Uh, as we said, this is a subcommittee that would report to the main committee, uh, which is the Portfolio of Communications. Uh, once again, thanks uh, for making time. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, takes, uh, the inter-